Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. We'll turn your Bibles to First uh, Samuel. It'll be a little while before we get there, but I'll give you a head start. <laughs> so, man, I am excited for church today. I woke up, and I, uh, it's actually been really good. It's like my third day feeling human again. How many of you got sick? My goodness, that sickness is crazy going around, and uh, it, is, it has been brutal, and uh, I'm thankful for all of your prayers, uh, for our family, man, because it was rough, but uh, I'm, I'm back. Everything's good to go. Uh, man, thank God for uh, um, ZPAC. Is that what they call it? Man, thank God for that, huh? Whoever created that is for sure in heaven or going to heaven for sure. Hey, well, we're in uh, day seven of our fast. My goodness gracious, it was seven days already. Uh, last week, man, we just barely kicked it off, and, and I'm thankful for, uh, for all of you that are participating in, in our 21-day fast in prayer, and, uh, and I, I, we've been saying this since the beginning, uh, don't just stop eating something, because that's just a diet. We want you to pray and believe. We have topics. Um, our team, our social media team has been posting uh, every day so that you'd have, uh, so you'll know the topics that we're praying towards, and, and like I say, Pastor Chase uh, said we're praying for generosity today, so continue to pray for that, meaning let God open up those uh, those things in your heart and, and give you the desire and the burden to be a generous person. I mean, we're called to be generous, right? So we should be generous, man. Don't don't be greedy and don't be all hung up on your own stuff, man. It's, uh, it's important. It's in the Bible somewhere like that. And so, man, but, but how many of you that have been doing the fast, God has been really revealing some things to you? And isn't it awesome? I love that. Me and Liz. Okay, me and Liz are the only ones. Okay, there's Paul. All right, cool. Um, I love that. I love the things because when we fast and we, you know, what we're doing is we're denying our flesh what it wants, you know. It wants, I want a Dr. Pepper. I mean, I ain't going to lie, okay. But, but when you deny that and you say, Spirit, you're more important than, than the flesh, right? God begins to speak and God begins to, and you're able to be, be more in tune and be able to uh, hear those things. And so I pray that as you continue to, uh, to pray that God will show you those amazing things in your life. And uh, because I am excited for 2020. How many of you are excited for 2020? Okay, how many of you are ready for 2021? <laughs> you're like, 2020's over already. Okay, nobody's had that bad. That's good, that's a good thing. That's, I can tell because you're all in church. So um, I can find out uh, when things start getting rough, people start dropping off. And so stay focused, man. Stay knowing that God has a plan for your life. And, uh, and I know that uh, I, I want to I take just a few moments here uh, to, to kind of, um, it, it's, it's going to be impossible for me to do one sermon to give you the vision for 2020 that I have. Um, so I'm going to give it to you in bits and pieces, okay? And, and I think over the next eight weeks, I should be able to communicate um, the vision that we have because it's that big, okay? God has given me so many things. It, it really feels like I'm drinking water from a fire hydrant as I've been praying and God asking for that vision and, and just for what, what we're going to be doing in 2020. Um, but but here's the one thing I have been. I have found myself overjoyed uh, with just the excitement of what God is is promising us this year. Um, and, and and I think some things you'll begin to see uh, over the next over the next few months um, where God is using this church to do some major, major things in this county. And, and that when I say this church, I mean you. Okay, I don't mean these four walls. These four walls is, keeps us out of the weather. But you're the church, right? So when I say God is using the church, he's using you. 
He's using me. He's using you, okay? So, so let's continue to God be able to, to, to do that for us. And, uh, and, and I hope that you are as excited as I am because um, I know the things that God is revealing um, and will reveal to you um, are going to be super exciting. And so um, I believe that 2020, okay, will be the year of harvest, okay? Now, that is the name of our church, but it also means to, to reap something, okay? We've been here almost two and a half years. My wife and I have been here almost two and a half years as pastor. We have planted a lot of seeds, okay? I look across this room, and I remember you were once this baby seed. And now you have these little things coming out. You know what I'm saying? Little things, Okay. I see, I look, I look all across this room and I see it. It's amazing to see, to see you walk in with your family, holding hands. And I was telling a family this morning, I, I love this family. And I said, I was thinking about them this week as I, was, as, as I was preparing for my sermon because nothing excites me more than a family that walks into church together. Right, that excite, and I get excited for that. And especially when a man is walking his family down the stairs in church, man, that brings me joy. I'm gonna get, don't, I don't wanna get ahead of myself on that. Okay. Because I'm going to be preaching to the men here in just a few minutes, okay? But, okay, so 2020 is going to be the year of the harvest, okay? But here's the thing. How many know that, that planting the seed, it takes some work, right? But where does, where does the work really happen? When it's time to, to get the harvest in, okay? So, like, the plants are ready. The, the, the crop is ready. That's when it, and I don't pretend to be some sort of farmer, but, but I can imagine that that's where the work begins, Okay, so, so in 2020, we're going to have some work, okay? We're going to have to get our hands dirty, okay? And I know that's even hard for me because you guys know I lotion three or four times a day, okay? But we're going to have to get our hands dirty, okay? We cannot get tired, okay? Here's the thing, guys. There's churches all across America that have a great idea. But there's very few churches that have the great idea and reap the harvest. Why? Because it's tiring, it's hard, it's labor, it's frustrating, it's frustrating, it's frustrating, okay? And so, so you guys see, but so, so here's what I want to tell you. We cannot get tired, okay? First Galatians, this is our theme verse for 2020. First Galatians, there's only one Galatians, okay? Galatians 6, 9. <laughs> you guys are like, okay, where's the first Galatians? I don't see it here. Galatians 6, 9. Turn your Bibles there. Well, I want you to have First Samuel too. Galatians, we're going to have it up on the screen. 6-9, theme verse. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Many of you are here today, you come back to church. You haven't been in church in a while. This is a New Year's thing. Maybe it's been our family's getting back in church. I'm telling you, do not quit. Do not quit. You will not reap the harvest if you quit. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Get your family up every single Sunday. Get your butt to church. Don't give up. Do not give up. We're going to plant lots of seeds. Here's the thing. If you're in church, you get to plant seeds. You're going to plant seeds in this community. Some you may see the fruit, some you may not. Still plant. This is the year of the harvest. I want you to say it. This is the year of the harvest. Can I tell you something? We have a team. We have a great, great staff. We can't do it by ourselves. I need you. I need you. Person in the back, I don't know that you come here every Sunday. I need you. 
I need you person in the bar corner. I don't know, but you get the coffee and you're here every Sunday faithfully. I need you. You have a purpose. You have, you, God has a plan for you in this community. We need you to do what you need to do. So here's the thing. We all have a part of the field. Go to your part of the field. Get to planting. Because this year is the year of the harvest. I need you. I need you. So let me tell you this. Let me talk to the men. Let me talk to the men in the building for just a second. First off, I want to give you a round of applause. Give the round of applause to the men in the building. I don't care if you had to be drug here or if you're hungover. I want to applaud you. I want to say way to go. As men of the house, we should be fighting for our families and for our kids. That's what we should be doing. We should be leading our homes. We should be fighting for our families. We should be fighting for our marriages. We should be fighting for our kids. We should be fighting for our community. We should be fighting. I want to tell you something, men. You are not optional in this. You are not optional. You are mandatory to be here. You are mandatory to lead your house. God says to lead your home. So lead it. Manhood is not optional. There's nothing more powerful than a man of God. There's nothing more powerful. Ladies, let me celebrate. Let me celebrate with you, though. Because I know there's some ladies here that have been holding it down while your husband's been trying to get his act together. So I want to give you a round of applause. And ladies, I want to tell you, don't let the fact that a, that, that a man walked out of your life, don't let that fact change the fact that you have a God that is pursuing you. Don't ever stop. Men, it's time we step up. We got to lead this community. Ladies, I thank you for the calling on your life that God has given you and the purpose. Let me tell you something. There's a place for women in ministry. Right? There's a place for women in ministry. God needs you. God needs you. I've had people walk out on me because I've said that statement. And here's the thing. If you don't agree with it, thank you for coming today. That's all I got to say. Women have a place in ministry. Period. Now turn your Bible over to First Samuel chapter 16. Let me holler at you for a second. I had to get out this week, man. This was burning on my heart because I, I, I wouldn't be here today had not been for my wife praying for me while I was locked up. And so because of that, I'm able to stand here today and preach to you and be your pastor. So I know the importance, what it takes to be a man to lead his house. I know what it takes for a woman, a wife, a believer, a strong, faith-filled woman to believe that God would move in her husband's heart. I know what that takes. I've lived it. I'm living it. And for that, I thank you. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Man, we've heard this story before. I'm not going to pretend like you guys haven't. Maybe if you've been in any part of church or any kind of uh, a Bible class, you've heard about this story. But I'm, gonna, I'm hoping today that I can give you a different perspective. Uh, so if you'll just uh, just open up your eyes and don't don't just uh, and open up your hearts and let me speak to you for just a second. Um, this is a story where God sends a prophet. And his name is Samuel. So it's in the book of Samuel, and uh, and he he's he's sent to go find a leader. To change things. Okay, there's currently the king, his name is Saul right now during this period of time. The Saul, the king's name is Saul, but, but God says, um, 
Saul has fallen out of God's favor, okay, during this time. So, so God says, I'm going to send my prophet Samuel to go and find a new person that's going to change some things. How many know that God is still looking for leaders to still change some things? He's still looking for people like you, some leaders, to change some things. In this scripture, we see God is looking for a man whose heart is willing to do whatever is necessary. See, those are the type of people that God wants to use the most. Sure, we can all come in and say, hey, I want to I be part of the church. As long as I preach every third Sunday, I'm good to go, right? But God is saying, I want men and women who will do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to advance my kingdom. Right? That's what God is looking for, okay? And so he sends Samuel, he sends him to this guy named Jesse's house, okay? We're going to talk about Jesse in just a second. But I want to tell you, today we live in a world where mentioning the name Jesus is controversial. People get offended if we mention the word Jesus. But yet people can mention any filthy, vile thing they want to, and, 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 and it's okay. And we're the ones that have to walk on eggshells because we don't want to offend anybody by mentioning Jesus. And here's what I say. If you're going to be loud about your devil, I'm going to be louder about my Jesus. And that's what we need to be in 2020. We can't walk around and say, well, I don't want to offend somebody. No, here's the truth, people. There's a God that loves you. And we can do that with mercy and grace. But let's also do it with truth. Because it's up to us to live a life with good morals and integrity. It's up to us. So, so, so yes, we can, we, can, we can speak truth, but we can also do it with integrity. And we can also do it with wisdom, right? We don't have to be those people that come and let me slap you with this Bible, right? I want to come to you and tell you, man, there's a God that truly loves you. And the life that you're living right now is not the life that God has for you. But the life that he has for you is so much greater if you'll just step away from that old life, step into your new life, you'll step into the promises that God has for you. And we know that his promises are yes and amen. That's the promises that we want to say. So, so yes, we love people. We want to be part of this community, and we want to welcome them into this church. Everybody is welcome to this church. I don't care who you are, what you believe, what you talk about, you are welcome to this church. But we're the, we're what, what really happens is when the real change begins to happen. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to see in 2020. We want to take people who, who have the knowledge or the, have heard the name of Jesus, and we want to walk them through and get them deeper, disciple them, show them the love of Jesus, and walk them through what it truly is to be a Christian. So we have to live a life, and it's up to us to live a life of good morals and integrity. We have to live a life where our true moral compass still points true north. Right? We have to, men, we have to lead, lead that. Women, you have to do your part in that. Children, you have to do your part in that. If we're going to lead a world full of future overcomers, we first must overcome. Right? We have to overcome the world. So we need men who are willing to fight for their marriage, who are willing to fight for their kids. First Samuel chapter 16. The prophet named Samuel, he goes to visit Jesse. Jesse has all these kids, all these sons. 
Samuel was like, and I'll tell you, Samuel's like the prophet of prophets, okay? Like, like Samuel, they would say that, that the mention of his name, people would tremble. Like, that's, that's how cool Samuel was. He's, he's like the dude, right? And so, so we see these scriptures uh, uh, where it talks about, uh, talks about uh, uh, Samuel. And Samuel, he rolls up to Jesse's house, and he's like, hey, man, I'm here. I heard you got some sons. Where are they at? And Jesse's like, man, I, I got sons for sure, man. So he, he rolls out seven sons, and, 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 he, and he puts them on display, and Samuel has the oil. He's, he's ready to anoint the next king. And he says, Jesse, where are these sons that you're talking about? So he lines them up from the oldest to the youngest. Okay, and, and, and there's, there's, there's these, the oldest, the oldest one is this, uh, he's, um, he reminds me a lot of myself. He's, he's, he's tall, he's dark, he's handsome. Okay, so picture me first, okay? Amen, babe? Okay, all right. But look at this part. Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance. Come on right here. But the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab. And had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. That's how you say it. You didn't know that's how you said it? (laughs) Jesse then uh, had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nope. Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. I want to tell you, if you don't have the right heart, God will not open the door. So that's where it's up to us. Do we have the right heart? Do we have the heart like the Father? Do we have a heart for the people? See, it's easy to come to church, and it's easy to say we have a heart for the lost, the hurting, and the broken until it's time to love the lost, the hurting, and the broken. It's easy to say, I want to help those addicted to drugs until it's time to show up to the drug house. It's easy to say I want to help the homeless until it's time to go where the homeless are at. See, it's easy to talk about the things because it's like I first get saved, that's it, I'm attacking the streets and I'm going to get all the homeless people saved but then you go and encounter the homeless people and they don't want to have nothing to do with you and they want to cuss at you and and you're like, "Maybe, maybe I don't want to. And so then you give up. But if you don't give up, in due time you will reap a harvest. So plant the seed. Plant the seed. There are places in this community where there has never been seed planted. So if you have the right heart, God will open the door. Here's the thing. God will sit down those that have talent. There's lots of people that have talent. And he'll sit their butts down. And he'll raise up those that have the right heart. That's what God wants, is those that have the right heart. You have the right heart. You, you are part of this church. That's why I know you have the right heart. You, you know the DNA of this church. 
that we, we will do whatever it takes to love the lost, the hurting, and the broken, no matter how dirty our hands get, no matter what people say about us, no matter what rumors they want to talk about, we're still going to love the people that nobody wants to love. That's what we're going to do as a church. And here's what I know is Revelation verse 3, verse 8, or chapter 3, verse 8 says, I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I believe we're walking into an open door season, an open door season. How I many? I don't want to go to a door where I have to knock and beg my way in. I want to go to the door where God has already opened it for me. Because that means he's already gone before me. He's already made the provisions for me. He's already made the way for me. He's already planted the seed for me. All I got to go over there with my tools and harvest and reap the harvest. You don't have to knock down a door. It's not your season. Move to the next door. Some of you are still banging on the same door that you were banging on 10 years ago. Move doors, people. Keep loving God. Follow him. Find the door that he has open for you. He has a door open for you. And he will lead you right to it. Samuel goes to the oldest brother. And God says, nope, that is not the one. Why? Because his heart wasn't for God. His heart wasn't right, yeah? He looked on the outside. Samuel was ready to, to pour the oil. But the oil said, no, no, we ain't going yet. God hasn't told us to anoint this one. The next brother, nope, no way. This is it. All the way down to brother number seven. And God says, nope, none of y'all. None of y'all are going to be anointed king. And, and, and Samuel certainly had to be thinking, man, I know, I know God sent me here. This is Jesse's. You're Jesse, right? Like, God sent me to your house, man. Like, I'm supposed to anoint the next king. Where is the next king? These are your seven sons. Maybe I messed up. What's going on? Do you have anybody else? Is there anybody else? Do you have any other sons, man? And that brings us to verse 11. And he says just that. Are these all the sons that you have? I find myself asking the church the same question. Are these all the sons that we have? Are these all the sons? Are these all the men? Are these all the women? Where is the generation of men and women and kids who want to serve Jesus? This can't be all of them. Well, you have about 300 people, 325 people here today. This can't be all the people that want to serve God. We're on, even if we go to go around every church in this county, Surely that can't be everybody. So where are they? Where are they? Well, it's our job to go and find them. I'm going to tell you how to find them here in just a second. I'll tell you right now. Go to the streets. Go where people don't want to be. Go where the lost, the hurting, and the broken are. Go witness to people that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't act like you. That's where they're at. Because God is asking, is this all you got? No, we got more, God. This is the year of the harvest. It's the year of the harvest. And Jesse says to, Jesse says, well, these are the ones that I'm proud of. These are, these are, these are my boys right here. They got the muscles, man. They got, they got the good tans, right? Their teeth are straight. 
They smelled halfway decent. Just as nobody, do you have anybody else? And Jesse says, man, I got this other kid. He got the buck teeth and, the, you know. Okay, parents, let's be honest for just a second, okay? How many of you, when you show your kids, you always show your favorite kid first? Y'all are liars, man. I see your Instagrams and your Facebooks. You got that one kid. I didn't know that was your kid. That's not you. Nobody in here. Okay, we're good then. Everybody has their favorite kid. Let's not lie, okay? And Jesse says, yeah, I got one more kid. He's out, he's out working the other side of the hill, and he's, he's stinky, man. He's out there with the sheep, and the, he's out there doing whatever he's doing, and who knows what he's doing out there. But I want to tell somebody this morning, you are the one more. You were the one more. You're the one that people counted out, but God has a great plan for you. People counted you out because of your past. Nobody's been proud of you. You've been hidden. You're the one that's been overlooked, but God has called you. God has called you. You are the one more. You know why you're the one more? Because you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. So Jesse tells the prophet, yeah, there's this one more. He's out in the field. But you don't want him, man. He's dirty. He's stinky. He's out there singing songs to the sky. I don't even know what he's doing out there. We're talking about David, right? His name is David. We know David wrote a lot of the psalms and the songs, right? He's out there singing. He's out there doing something. And Samuel says, send for him. Go get him. We will not sit until he gets here. That's how important you are. That's how important the, the one that everybody counts out, that's how important that other person is to God. We will not sit until they get here. That means they're royalty, people. That means you're royalty. That means there's royalty out in this community that we don't even know yet. We will not sit until he gets here. I believe this is for someone. And keep doing your job. Wherever you're at right now, keep doing your job. And God will promote you. Don't try to promote yourself. God will promote you. Stay focused on what you're doing now, right? Stay focused on what you're doing now. Don't get lazy and don't give up. Don't be getting lazy. And you don't give up. Your promotion is coming. So here's David out in the field, right, writing songs, whatever he's doing, right? He just says he's out in the field. I can see him right now with his notepad writing Bangers, man, right now. Just writing some bops right now. David's probably out there with his notepad. It's Friday night. And I feel all right. The party's here in Jerusalem. So he's writing these songs. Some of you get that joke. Some of you are like, nope. So he's out here writing these songs, tending to the sheep, doing whatever he's doing out in the field, doing what he's called to do. See, David never, David never went seeking the position. God came seeking for him. David didn't say, I need to be the next king. 
I need to hurry up and make sure I look good and make sure my teeth are straight and make sure I smell good because one day this prophet's going to come. But, but David said, I'm going to do what God has already called me to do. I'm going to stay faithful in that. And through that, he's going to call me because I am the chosen one. So they call for David. And he says, come on, David, let's go. There's a man. He wants to see you. His name is Samuel. He thinks you're somebody, but we know he's wrong. You're nobody. We're going to bring you back here. So let me trip. Hurry up. Get your stuff. Let's go. Get your notepad because that song sounds really good. And so they begin to head to the house. They begin to head to where the other brothers are at. And they're, they're, they're sitting there. They're, they're already waiting. You know, the seven other brothers are already waiting there. And hurry up and get over here, David. He wants to talk to you for a second. And I could imagine David, as he's walking from tending the sheep to walking to Jesse's house, I could imagine the conversation in heaven as God is looking down and said, that right there is the lineage of my son where the Savior of the world will come out of. Could you imagine that? A man who is tending sheep will be the lineage of the family that I raise up my only son. And David, he's walking to be anointed. And God is saying the Savior of the world will come from this lineage. And David, as he walks into the house and the prophet, he says, arise and anoint him. As soon as he said, arise and anoint him, and the oil began to flow over David. And I want to point something out. This is proof that you don't have to clean yourself up before coming to God. See, he was out intending to the sheep, and the fragrance of God overcome the fragrance of a, of a dirty past. That's the power of God. You don't have to clean yourself up before God can use you. See, David didn't come and say, hold on a second, there's the prophet Samuel, let me cop a shower real quick and, you know, put on some Jergens lotion and I got to get myself ready because I'm fixing to be anointed king. He said, no, God wants to use me how I am. And then he's going to transform me to who he wants me to be. See, what happens if we were to get too dressed up, too fancy, we'd forget who we are. See, so many of you, uh, not you, so many people, uh, we get saved and we forget who we are. We forget we have a past. And then we want to look at other people like, I can't believe you have a past. I, nobody in here, I know that, but I'm saying that's what people do out in other churches. I'm just telling you, making you aware of these things. And we want to walk around like we're perfect, like we always had a shower, like we didn't always stink, like our hands weren't dirty. We want to walk around like we're better than everybody else. When if we were to truly open up the closet, that's a whole nother sermon. So never forget where you come from. Never forget where you come from. Remember, we all have a past. And your, your past, your past may be, man, I was born and raised in church. And that's a, that's a great past. But you also, there's some things in there. You know that God has dealt with you. See, if there wasn't, then you wouldn't need him. And we need him. I just want to tell you right now, I'm not perfect. Just in case you guys are wondering, I'm not, okay? I know you guys were like, man, this guy's perfect. Nope, I'm not. Just because people don't know your story doesn't mean you don't have one. 
But God knows your story, and he anointed you anyway. That's how special you are. See, I know, what it, I know what it feels like to be overlooked. I know what it feels like to be laughed at. I know what it feels like to be, feel like you have no place in ministry because of your past. But I also know what it feels like to be anointed by God. And that's a great feeling. So I, I challenge you, don't give up. Could you imagine what David was thinking at this time? He's like, man, I was just kicking it in the field not too long ago, hanging out with my sheep. And now... I just got oil pulled all over me. He'd just been anointed. His brothers, his brothers and, and dad, they never talked to him. They never affirmed him. And I want to tell you, men, if you've never been affirmed, if, nobody, if, if your earthly father is never here to tell you he's proud of you, I want to tell you that your heavenly father tells you he's proud of you and he loves you. And he loves that you're in church. And he loves that you're leading your family. And he loves that you're trying to change your life. And you are so needed. And you're so wanted. And you're so loved. And just like David, God will anoint you in front of those who want to see you fail. Isn't that the best feeling? I love, I shouldn't say this. No, I do. I really do. I really do. I'm not going to lie. I love it. When God promotes me in front of my haters, man. I love it. I ain't going to lie to you. I love it. Because here's the thing. We all have them. Okay? We all have them. But if we stay true to what God has called you to do and never waver to the left or to the right, and he continues to promote you, people can't help but to say, maybe I was wrong. And I just keep walking towards my Jesus and keep walking in my calling because that will never change. No matter who wants to talk about me or who wants to say anything, my calling will never change. Your calling will never change. Your calling will never change. But I have to tell you this. We have to be, we have to be men and women after God's own heart. That's what the Bible said about David, right? So we have to be men and women after God's own heart. And I want to challenge you that you have to be more than an overcomer. Not just an overcomer, but more than an overcomer. Because I know you're going through some things right now, and I know times are tough. I know things are difficult. But it's in these moments that we rise up and we stand up, and we know that we have those little ones depending on us, and, and, and we know that we have family depending on our soberness, and, and we have those family, and we have our kids that are depending if we can stay straight and, and not, not waver to the left or to the right. We have to have a heart after God. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.